Bavakama, Perik Ches, Mishnah Aleph, 8-1, new Perik, and this is Perik HaChovel, which means one who injures, meaning that the topic of this chapter is about when a person harms another person, as opposed to a person damaging someone's property, or someone's property damaging one's person. Here you have a person damaging another person, and the halachas here are really not a psukim, um, the psukim of the ayin tachas ayin, petza tachas petza, and so on, um, the eye for eye verse, but the Gemara goes a great length to prove from prove that it is um, subject to various monetary payments. And the missionary actual enumerate five, it says, When one harms his fellow, So then, he needs to potentially pay up to five different categories of payments. And they're not interdependent. It could be any one or all five, depending on the kind of damage. And they are, Nezek is the direct economic impact that the injury has on the person in the long run. Like the, he's lost a hand, so compensating for the loss of his hand, as we'll see. Bitsa'ar, compensation for the physical pain that he endured. Beripui, for his uh, medical bills and, you know, medicine and so on. Besheves, that's unemployment. Uvaboshes, and for his emotional suffering, uh, such as um, humiliation. So all five are applicable. Um, so if someone would you know, poke someone else's eye out, then essentially all five would kick into play, and we'll describe in the Mishnah how they're calculated. Um, but you could have one without the other, meaning, for example, if you know, Mr. A locks him to be in a room on purpose, so then, or an accident for that matter, um, so then um, he has to pay for his unemployment if he's trapped there for two days, you know, even though there's no other of the damages. And similarly, if someone, Mr. A spits in Mr. B's face, then it's just the bullshit, the humiliation payment, etc., because no physical damage, etc. So says the Mishnah, Beneza Ketzad, how do we calculate the damages incurred or payable if one harms his fellow? That's Simes Eino or Kates Yado or Shibes Raglo if Mr. A blinds Mr. B by blinds his eye or chops off his hand or breaks his leg. Um, in a way, these damages are ways in which there's a permanent um, damage done to the victim um, such that his economic output has been reduced, his ability to work has been reduced. So then, we look at him as if he's like a purely, you know, economic tool, like a slave being sold in the marketplace. We make a simple calculation. It's probably a difficult calculation, but the conceptually um, simple, not complex. It's how much uh, he would have been worth in a slave market before and afterwards, meaning before, you know, he was... Uh, a concert pianist, and now that his hands have been chopped off, he's now been degraded just being a you know high school music teacher. So if you know the value of concert pianists in the slave market is a hundred thousand dollars, and the value of you know music teachers is sixty thousand dollars, so the nezek could be the forty thousand dollar differential um, for the loss of his hand. Okay, um, Rashi says uh, quite surprisingly, and the Bartonor follows. Um, on Rashi's heels, that it's how much an Evid uh, Ivri, a Jewish slave, uh, would sell. That it for, uh, that's peculiar in as much as um, usually this, like Nimkar Bashuk, is more like a Evid Kanani type thing. And second of all, an Evid Ivri, a Jewish slave, sells for just six years. That's only six years of service, whereas an Evid uh, Kanani is forever. So it's hard to understand uh, why it would not be like an Evid Kanani, and that's how the Rosh Paskins, and that would be the Pashas, notwithstanding the Baratudu and Rashi. Okay, uh, next we have the second of the of the five payments is tsar, the physical pain he endures. So 
For example, kavod b'shipud, if Mr. A burned Mr. B with like a hot, you know, metal poker, or he injured him, like say he did a puncture wound, he poked him with a nail, even if the impact of the nail or the burn happened on his fingernail, meaning there's no mark left at all. Doesn't matter. Even though the injury occurred in place, there's no um, impact, no damage, no bruising, or whatever it is. We try to assess, as the medicine tried to assess, how much a person like this, meaning given his financial wherewithal and his station in life and how, you know, um, hardy and tough he is, etc., a person like that, how much he's wrote, um, how much, um, literally means how much he'd be willing to receive to be um, afflicted so. Now, it doesn't mean that, you know, how much could I pay you to poke your eye out? Because a normal person would just say no. It's not, not negotiable. But the case is something like, you know, the doctor says, listen, we have to perform surgery to remove your eye. It's a fait complete. The eye's coming out. Now, you could pay extra to get an anesthesiologist and, you know, get painkillers and it will be, you know, painless or or not. You can just, you know, grin and bear it. So how much are you prepared to pay on the, the calculations? How much would a person like this be prepared to pay to make the procedure pain-free if he had no choice but to undergo the procedure um, that he was, that he, you know, he was the injury that he under underwent. Okay, now you have ripui. Ripui is uh, the medical bills. That means doctor, you know, whatever it is. So hikahu, if one hits his friend, chayvler so he has to pay for the the full, you know, the splinting and the Tylenol and the doctor visits and the physical therapy, whatever it is. Alabot smachim, if the injury gets infected. So now, you know, things, there's growth around the, the injury, because let's say it was, you know, stabbed in the shoulder or something like that. If the reason for the infection is attributable to the injury itself, then the person who, the perpetrator who did the damage, he has to pay for the extra, you know, antibiotics, etc., etc. However, if the infection was not directly because of the injury, then pater, then the person who, Inflicted the injury is exempt. Now, if you ask yourself, wait a second, why in the world would his shoulder be infected if it were not for the fact that someone, you know, stuck him in the knife, stuck him in the shoulder with a knife? The answer is that um, the the patient is expected to follow doctor's orders. If the doctor says, you know, put on antibiotic and wash it twice a day, and he doesn't do that, or you know, he bandages it, you know, improperly so that he gets, you know, blisters or something, so then that's not the fault of the attacker. It has to be that the person who perp- who inflicted the wound is solely responsible for the infection. In that case, he's responsible. If not, so then we say, listen, it's not the injurer's fault. It's the injured party who didn't follow doctor's rule orders um, that is the reason for the infection, etc. Chaisa v'nistra, chaisa v'nistra. Now, if it gets better and then gets worse again, it gets better and gets worse again. Chayvler poso, he has to continue to pay for the medical treatment. In other words, we don't look at, we understand that um, recovery from injury is not uh, like a linear process. It can get better and then get worse again, get better and then worse again. And the point is, until it's done, it's not done. The person who afflicted the damage has to pay for the whole process, um, even if we thought it was done, but it actually wasn't. However, tsarka, if it does indeed get fully recovered, and then um, some new injury occurs. But the new injury, the victim claims, only happened because of the former injury. Meaning, for example, let's say, for example, you know, Mr. A, you know, uh, had a, a broken leg. So then the leg gets better, but then, you know, he goes on a skiing trip and he has a terrible fall and it's very bad. And the injury that he endures from the skiing accident, 
he claims, listen, that wouldn't have happened if I wouldn't have had a prior injury before that, you know, weakened my ankle or something. So the point is, that will be indirect, and that is not something that the original perpetrator attacker is liable for. So the point is, the second injury, even if the injured party wants to ascribe it, you know, indirectly to the first injury, it's too bad the person who did the damage is only liable for the first time, not the second, not the second injury at all. Sheves, Sheves is the uh, unemployment. So Ronas Okiluhu Shomer Kishuim. Literally, uh, that means we look at this person as if he were uh, a guard f- for like melons or cucumbers, whatever kishuim are, um, meaning like a human scarecrow, like minimum or what we would call minimum wage. You, you pay him minimum wage. Shekvar Nasanlo Deme Yado Deme Raglo. Because we've already made a previous payment, says the Mishnah, um, regarding his physical depreciation in terms of having lost the limb or whatever it is and they made him worth less. So the idea is that. If you think about it, there's two components. There's we have our concert pianist who was you know worth a hundred thousand before. Now he's only a, a high school teacher, so he's worth sixty. So there's the forty thousand dollar upfront payments for the nezek. But then he's worth sixty if he starts working as of today. But let's say for example he's laid up in the hospital for two weeks, so he can't work for two more weeks. Those two weeks, um, he gets paid uh, as if he were just just minimum wage. Um, and the reason why is because we've already compensated him for the for the depreciation that he incurred by the original damage the, for the loss of the hand. Now, um, worth worth noting that uh, Tosiyonta brings that if the damage is, you know, if, in other words, this person functioned as a lawyer, okay? And at a law, as a lawyer, he made, uh, you know, $20,000 a month. And now um, he has a, his hand got chopped off. So the point is that the, the value of a lawyer with one hand and two hands is basically the same. And therefore, um, the Nezik payment um, wouldn't really compensate for the... It wouldn't really be relevant to offset the unemployment because the point is if he misses a month of work, he, he can't be compensated as a Shomer Kishuim. He's not a, he wouldn't be a scarecrow. He lost a, a month of work that he would otherwise be doing as a lawyer, a one-handed lawyer. And therefore, um, in that scenario, the Shevas would actually be not for minimum wage, but for the wages that he would have earned um, if he would have been practicing law. Okay, now, um, Mishnah says further, Boshas, what's with the humiliation payment? That's Hakolafi Amavayash from Misbayash. It all depends on who caused um, the injury or embarrassment and who was getting embarrassed. In other words, let's just localize it. Let's say Mr. A spits into Mr. B's face. So that wouldn't have Tsar, Ripui, Sheves, um, or Nezek, because just, you know, you wipe up the spit and there's no more damage done. But there certainly is Boshas, okay? So how much Boshas is there? So it depends on who is getting spat on. If he's, you know, higher up um, on the social totem pole, he's more embarrassed. And similarly, if the person doing the spitting is, is a lower down on the social totem pole, it's more embarrassing. So the Bez will have to ascertain sort of what that kind of busha looks like, you know, so to speak. You know, if uh, if the difference between, you know, being spat in the face when no one knows versus when getting spat in the face and everyone knows and so on and so forth. Okay. Hamavayish es ha'arom. If a person embarrasses somebody who is unclothed, or Mavayash as a sumo, or one who embarrasses a blind person, or Mavayash as a yashin, a person who is sleeping, chayev, there's still a, a busha payment. Now, the busha payment may be less, but the point is that, let's say, the arum, the arum, the naked person, this is not someone who just walks around naked all day. That person has no dignity, and there would be no busha payment. But let's just say, you know, I don't know what, the the, the wind 
you know, blew up this lady's, you know, skirt and now she's already embarrassed, but the second person rips the skirt off or lifts, lifts it higher or goes and spits in her face also. So then, okay, she's obviously in a degraded situation as it is and she's already embarrassed, but the person is adding to embarrassment. So then that's, that's all the worse. Um, as for a blind person, of course, a blind person can't see everyone, the look at everyone else's faces, but they can hear, they can feel and so on. So of course, the blind person is, is similarly eligible for getting the Busha payment. And, um, a Yush and a sleeping person, so the Pasha says that a sleeping person, and um, while they're asleep, they're not embarrassed, but when they wake up, they realize what happened to them, then they are embarrassed, okay? And there's a bit of discussion what happens if the person never wakes up, um, meaning that he, like, say he dies in his sleep. So the Pasha would be then um, that there wouldn't be a Busha payment, and the heirs couldn't collect on it because he never was embarrassed, uh, because of he never woke up to know about it, although it's actually a discussion in the Gemara. Okay. Um, says the Gemara further. Vyashin says the mission I should say. Vyashin Shabiyesh, if you have a sleeping person who causes embarrassment, meaning, you know, the person, two people sleep in the bed together, Mr. A rolls over, he rolls onto Mr. B's nightgown, and Mr. B falls off the bed, and the clothing rips off him, because, you know, Mr. A is lying on the nightgown. So, Putzer, Mr. A is exempt from any busha payments to Mr. B. Even though we say Adam Mu'ad La'olam, a person is always responsible for his actions, uh, Busha is a little different. When it comes to the Busha payment, a person has to, the Bosha's payment, the person has to have um, intention to cause harm. Um, and if he didn't have that intention to cause harm, so then he is exempt. This is really learned out from Psukim, because the Pasuk that talks about um, the, the Busha payment, it, there's a drush they made. It's, it's a, the Parsha about um, two men fighting. Um, I'll read it to you. It says, "Ki uh, uh, When two people are fighting, a man and his brother, and that's also important for all that thought for when it's important a little later on. And then one of the the wife, of one of the men, come to save her husband from the other guy who's you know hitting him. and she extends her hand, and she grabs bimuvushav his embarrassing parts, I'll call it. I mean, it's his private parts, but it's called his embarrassing part. So then, the says kapak, then she's punished. The point is that it referred to it in this way of it being an embarrassing part to teach you, as opposed to a more direct, simple simple word, to teach you that you have to have kavana to cause damage like this woman who's reaching out. Okay, so that's the drush. And therefore, it'll come out, really have, we have three different levels of um, intentionality um, with respect to which of these five are payable, meaning, you're always responsible for your actions, so therefore, even if a person, you know, if a tornado comes and picks a person up and then drops him down on Mr. B, so Mr. A has to pay for Mr. B's nezek because you're mu'ul olam. It doesn't matter that it was a total onus, okay? Um, as far as, that's the nezek component. As far as the Bosha's component, a person has to have intentionality, has to intend to cause harm, and if he didn't intend to do something wrong, then then he'll be totally off the hook. There's a middle case. The middle case is, you know, if the wind blows a person over um, and, you know, he, he could have anticipated that that might have happened, then he, he's like not a total onus. He partially was, ne- there's some element of negligence on his part. So then you, he would also pay um, for the boses, the sheves, and the tsar. Okay? Uh, if he was totally not, if there's no element of negligence, he would only pay for nezek, and there has to be some intention of, you know, willful misconduct of, of uh, you know, of, of malice in order to to be liable for the the Boshas payment. Okay, and that's what the Misha says here inside. 
Nafal min agag, a person falls from the roof, vihizik ubiyesh, and he both injures and he embarrasses the person on whom he falls. Chayav alanezik upatar alaboshes, so then he'll pay for the the physical damage if there is, you know, if the person's, you know, I got knocked out or something, God forbid, but he... Um, will not have to pay for the embarrassment he inflicts since there was no intentionality. Shneemar, as the Pasuk says, abbreviating the Pasuk I read to you in full before, Vishalcha Yada, she extends her hand, and she grabs onto his embarrassing parts, and Uchayev, Alaboshes, Ajeheb, Miskaven, and you know, a person not liable to pay for the Boshes payments unless they intended um, to to do something wrong with the other person, like the woman who grabbed on Mevushav. Now, as far as Halakha Lamaisa goes, I just have to speak it out. Um, to don any cases that are complex, um, financial cases, so the rule is it must be done by Smuchim and Eretz Yisrael, people who have like the Mesora, all the way back to Moshe Rabbeinu in Eretz Yisrael. We don't have that anymore, okay? So really, uh, Madurais, that's not a thing. You can't, there's no way to, to adjudicate these cases anymore. And although the rabbis authorized the people in diaspora to, who don't have smicha to still um, judge monetary cases that are common, personal injury cases like this are considered uncommon, um, and therefore they weren't authorized, and therefore we don't have the bezin make these sort of you know assessments, how much is the pay and how much is the boshes. We don't do that. Uh, we may do unemployment and medical, by the way, um, but we certainly don't do um, the tsar, the boshes, and the nezik um, calculations nowadays at all. So how does it work? If Mr. A punches Mr. B in the eye and, you know, gives him a black eye, or, or whatever it is, breaks his nose and so on and so forth, so then the way it'll work out in a real Bezdin is um, that the Bezdin basically will say, listen, we're going to put you into 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 Nidu. We're going to, you know, put you into Kherim. We're going to, what's the word? We're going to, like, put you into excommun- excommunicate you until, unless you you uh, mollify, you know, you come to some agreement to pacify, make good by your victim. And then, um, you know, so then the perpetrator will say, listen, okay, I'll give you, you know, $5,000 and let's, and let's be friends again, shake hands and make up. So then that payment, they agree to, you know, they agree to this this payment. So then the victim's been compensated. Mr. A doesn't go into Nidui and, and uh, you know, and, and they can live happily ever after. That's how it would work. If the if the victim says, oh, I want like, you know, $100 million or I'm not satisfied for my broken nose, so then the Bezim will say, listen, sorry, it doesn't work like that. So there'll be some involvement, but it's through the mechanism of, of some kind of um, mutual agreement and, and, uh, and um, you know, coming to terms with one another as opposed to the courts enforcing some, you know, fixed payment based on their external calculations.